I'm honored and privileged to be here. This is not my first time standing here, but uh, every time I stand here, I definitely uh, counted a great uh, privilege to be here um, and to speak to you and to be with uh, ministers and men um, such as you have here, Brother Ed, Brother Tom, Brother John, Brother Murphy, Brother Tim, as I already said, many others that come and minister, Brother Michael, and we truly appreciate your support um, as a church uh, with ministry and many different ones that have come through many years that we've um, labored and uh, slowly matured. Incidentally, Brother Tom says that 1978 is the first time they, they had an outreach in Seattle area and that's the year I was born, so um, <laughs> maybe it has something to do with it. Um, so slowly we've matured to where we do have a, a small local assembly. We're renting a building. Um, if you don't mind, maybe you could have your seats just for a second and uh, for a minute. I'll just give just a little report, um, and then we'll go to the word if you don't mind. And um, we just have a small little church. That we're renting, we don't. It's not our church. Brother Daniel knows exactly where it's at. He's one of the. He's a song leader and a minister, Brother Daniel Kiangu. Um, but uh, we're just doing all that we can for the glory of God. Uh, I'm just so so thankful uh, and blessed that we have. Um, I have ministers that I could rely upon to draw from their wisdom, from their experience. There's many things that we don't know. Uh, sometimes I ask maybe even silly questions to Brother John or Brother Tom, um, but it's something that it's a new chapter in our lives, like Brother Tom said. Uh, many things we don't know or don't understand. We don't know how to operate the church, but the only thing is um, we're praying and we're asking. We want to do things right. We just want to do things according to the message. We want, we want a pattern after ministers or uh, men that have done this for many years. And people and ministers that are well respected, they know what they're doing, and that's the reason why we're just, I feel like we're blessed that we have such support, especially a church like you, like you here, um, that we can, through, through years, through the years we've met many of you, and we know a lot of you, and, uh, sometimes maybe we don't know exactly by name, but we know if we, if we see a person, we recognize you. So, we're just so thankful for, each and every one of you, and for your support. Many of you have come through the years to be a blessing there, especially we like the summers when you only have one service here, and so you, you're able to come there to visit us. So it's a, it's a blessing for us. Uh, God willing, beginning of the year, we'll have, um, we'll start, uh, we'll sign a new contract uh, with, a, with a new lease, and hopefully we'll be able to change the times to where right now we only have a service, one service on Sunday at 5.30, and uh, a lot of people would like to change it to an earlier time. So God willing, we'll be able to do that. Um, but uh, at, at this time, we have services on Friday at 7.30 and on Sunday at 5.30. And um, we're just doing all that we can. And uh, it seems like Brother Tom told me once there's a pastor in church and there's uh, people here that there's a there's an established church, even though we're just taking small baby steps, but he said that there's going to be people coming out to where that you didn't even know that they existed here. And that is true, even though we've only been um, 
uh, I was only voted in, I believe it was uh, September 8th, and there's a lot of people that come to church, and sometimes I wonder if they're visitors or uh, where they came from, but uh, sometimes even our little assembly seems like it's packed, so maybe God, God willing, one day we'll buy our own building. If we're still here, we don't know, uh, but we're just trusting the Lord that God will provide for us. If you don't mind, let's all stand to our feet. I'll invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 12. Um, thank you very much, all the musicians. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I wrote down a lot of scriptures. I'm not probably going to read through all of them this evening, just for the sake of time. But I'd like to speak on the little uh, thought this evening, which I spoke uh, about two weeks ago in our little local assembly on a Friday night and God just laid it on my heart and it was it was a blessing and I trust it will be a blessing to you and it's as the word a lot of times you you ponder on it you look into the Bible you listen to the message it constantly unfolds and so we're just believing that God will have a uh, um, has a thought for us this evening so Romans chapter 12 verse 1 it says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye may present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. May God bless the reading of His Word. If you don't mind, let's just all pray together. Precious Lord Jesus, we come before you this evening, Father, Lord, how we need you, how we desire, Father, that you'd come and minister to each and every one of us, Lord. We desire that the Holy Spirit would come, Lord, and take control. May you bless the speaker and the hearer this evening, Lord. Father, we could do nothing without you, Father, for you are truly our Heavenly Father. And you've provided unto us, Lord Jesus, everything that we have need of, Lord God. And even this day, you knew, you knew before the foundation of the world, Lord. And we trust you, Lord. We place our hands into you, our lives into your hands, and we pray that you, may we be instruments, Father, for your glory this evening, Lord. That we may not, Lord Jesus, say that we were here in vain, but as we leave this place, we may say that you spoke to us, Lord Jesus. You talked to us along the way, Lord. And we pray that you bless each and every one of us, Lord God. And may the service be a blessing. May we always, Lord God, be so thankful for what we have, Lord God, for what you have done for us, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we appreciate everything you do for us. Bless the service and speak through us, Lord God. We ask all these things in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. As I already said, I'd like to speak on this little thought titled a "Living Sacrifice." You know, and as I as I was thinking on this scripture, and when we look in the Old Testament, we hear so much on sacrifices. We hear so much of uh, of offerings, especially in the Old Testament. There was a God has instituted many different things in the Old Testament that there was a lot of animals, a lot of blood that was shed because um, that was something that God has ordained right from the beginning. In the book of Genesis we find out that when man had fallen and we, we we're taught by the message that that God has taken an animal. God has given them skins, skins to cover them. And Brother Branham says that He took an innocent substitute, an animal, for their sin, for their, for their, for the mistake that they've made, and covered them. So since that, since that time, there's always been something that had to die 
in our stead. For we know the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So every time that, uh, every time there, there had to be an animal that had to be brought before the tabernacle, there was many different offerings, different sacrifices, different animals that they could bring, and they, that they had to do as an ordinance, as something that, that was established by God, and people would do that year by year, year by year, they would have to bring those sacrifices. And the Bible says that by those sacrifices, by those offerings, it only reminded of sin. It only spoke that there is, that there is gonna come one day that perfect lamb of God. There was gonna come one day that perfect lamb that by one offering the Bible says that he has taken away our sin forever. And we're so thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, without his blood, without his mercy and his goodness, none of us would be here tonight. And every time I think and I, I think of the scriptures as in the book of uh, in the book of Philippians chapter 2 we just read here in the book of Romans it says be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and you would th- you would say well how's my mind renewed how do you know when your your mind is renewed what is it renewed to what kind of thoughts would you have how would you act how would you speak or how would you uh deal with situations in life in the book of Philippians chapter 2, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Whenever I talk about Jesus Christ, I, I, I'm going to slow down, I'm sorry, but I just, I remember when I was, I had a privilege one time just traveling with Brother Ed a couple of times, but when I was translating for Brother Ed in Uzbekistan in 2007, and I remember Brother Ed, uh, we started, uh, I was interpreting, he was, he was preaching, and he leaned over and he said to me, he says, just say it with conviction. You have to, you have to preach it or say it with, with, with conviction. And for some reason I always remember that, that conviction speaks of something that you, it's, it's dear to your heart. You know what you're talking about because you have experienced it in your life. And we're just so blessed to have man or a man of God that has been with the prophet, that has experienced many things in his life, and he speaks with conviction. Even in his old age, Brother Ed would speak with conviction because that's something that's real in his heart and in his life. And whenever I speak of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is so dear to me that I speak of Him and I want to speak with conviction because without Jesus Christ and because of Him humbling Himself and going down to the Christ, to the, to the cross and who, it says that who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He he didn't feel like He got robbed through, uh, through what He did. You know, sometimes you go to a store and you feel like you, you got a good deal and you bought something, you bought this product and you feel like, I got a great deal. And then someone says, oh, I bought the same thing on Amazon for this price. And you feel like you got robbed. You feel like so, you got taken advantage of. But Jesus did never felt, he never looked back, he never thought that, you know, I feel robbed that I did this. Because he knew that what he was doing, he was trying to redeem his bride. He's trying to redeem people that are ordained before the foundation of the world. The only way for them to get to where he is or to get to, to their ought to be conditioned to their place. Hallelujah. There had to be a perfect lamb. Yeah. There had to be sacrificed. Perfect. They had to go to the, to go to the cross yeah. to pay the price. Because without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. I'm just so thankful for Jesus Christ. So thankful for his blood. So thankful for what he has done for you, for what he has done for me. 
but he made himself of no reputation. And it says in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. And you say, well, when Paul says, by, let your mind be transformed. So you would say, well, when, how do I know my mind is transformed? And Paul says, let this mind be in you, that Christ, he humbled himself. He didn't, he didn't puff up. He didn't raise himself up. He wasn't walking around as the most important person of that day. Even though he could have been the greatest man. And he was the greatest man that ever lived. But he made himself of no reputation. As Brother Branham says, a man that made a prosthetic arm. He says he made, built himself. He made himself a reputation. A man that designed dentures. He says, he, he, he made himself a reputation. And you, you, you take any person, you take Jeff Bezos, he designed and created this great empire of Amazon. He's the wealthiest man. But he, he made himself a reputation and he's got this wealth. But the one who gave him the wisdom or the mind to, to operate, to think that way, he made himself of no reputation. He became, he took upon himself a form of a man. He, as a slave, as a, as a servant, to serve and to, to become that Lamb of God. That perfect sacrifice for you and I. And Paul says, let this mind be in you. But he, he made himself of no reputation. Glory to God. And man, people a lot of times they, they wanna, they wanna have reputation. They wanna have status in life. They wanna, they wanna be recognized. But Jesus Christ, He made Himself of no reputation. And He's the one who created the original arm. He's the one who gave you the breath of life. He's the one who, who's given you the body that you have. And that's why Paul says, he, that's why Paul says, this, you must become a living sacrifice. He's, he's saying, He's not saying to bring something to, to an altar, as it was in the, in the Old Testament. They would take an animal and bring it to, to, to the temple. They would lay their hand, their hand upon the head of the animal. And that animal had to die in their stead to show that they were wrong. And they, they've committed something, they've done something wrong in life. And now they've committed a sin. Now this animal has to die in their stead. But Jesus Christ, He paid that price once and for all. And now He's asking, He's saying, He says, Paul is saying, the scripture that we just read. I just can't get away from that scripture. He says, by the mercies of God. By the mercy of what He, what Jesus Christ has done for you. Through His mercy. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable unto God with your reasonable service. In the book of Genesis chapter 22, this is something I, I spoke in, in Renton. This is a very familiar scripture to us. It's an offering of Isaac. It says in Genesis 22, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, 
and get thee into a land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his, his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young man, Abide here, here with the ass, and I will, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Sometimes we read the scripture and it may seem so, just we read it as a story. But when we, when we read about Abraham, we know the story how he waited for the for the son to be born, Isaac, for twenty five years. It wasn't it wasn't something very easy when he heard that. You know, it says that it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. In other words, God tested Abraham. And you'd say, Well, how did how did Abraham know that that was God speaking to him? You know, Brother Branham says every time the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, as soon as he started speaking, he said, I knew that was the same voice that spoke to me when I was seven years old. You know, a true prophet of God, I believe, the Bible also says, Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice, they're accustomed to it. They, they, they could, they could discern, they, they, they could tell you, they could tell you if it's the voice of God or not. So Abraham has heard that voice and he wasn't mistaken when he heard, and when he heard that voice and he was probably rejoicing. But when the voice came and told him to do something, to offer his son that he's been waiting for for 25 years, um, and the way that God says it, it says, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac. Abraham, Isaac was not the only son that he had. He had Ishmael also. And it says, the one that you love, that God is telling and speaking to Abraham, and saying that, I want you to take this son, the one that you love. Because he had two, he had like, as I, as I said, he had Ishmael. He had another son. And God knew that he did not love him as much as he loved Isaac. He knew that at one point that Abraham, he cast him out with the bondwoman. And they were in the wilderness and he just sent him off to die. Pretty much because they, they, there was no water. They ran out of water. And you know the Hagar, you know that story. But in this case, God tells Abraham, says, take your son, thy only son, the one you love, the one who is precious to you. Take him and go offer him for a burnt sacrifice. So we find out that when God offers a sacrifice or an offering, which is the same thing. God requires something very dear from your heart. He doesn't require something that you can just... You know, Abraham became a rich man. He was a wealthy man and he had animals, he had riches, he had everything, man servants, he had all the things that he, that he had. The Bible tells us about it. But God comes and He says, I don't want you, I don't want, I don't want an animal from you. I don't want gold, I don't want silver, I don't want anything, but I want something very specific from you right now. I want you to go and offer up your son. Someone who is very, very precious unto you. And as I was getting ready for just thinking about this, I realized that in the Old Testament we find that it came to a place where 
All the burnt sacrifices, all the offerings, all the things that they were doing, it became to a place, it became a stench in God's nostrils. To where they got to a place to where the things that they were doing, the offerings that they were bringing, the animals, and the things that they were not doing it from a, from the, from an open heart. They were not doing it from a willing heart. They were not doing it from a very, a heart of love, a, a heart of, of, um, of that um, sacredness. It was something that they were just doing as a tradition. And and it became to a stench in God's nostrils. And that's why it says in the book of uh, Hebrews that offerings and sacrifices that, that you, thou would not. Like God said, I, uh, David I believe said that. He didn't want those anymore. God did not want those sacrifices and offerings because it became just a tradition. In people's, uh, to, to the people and God knew that they were not, it was not precious to them anymore. They did not, they, they just brought an animal and just sacrificed it and they didn't care about it. The animal died and it wasn't something sacred unto them. They did not put themselves in the, in the, in the position of an animal saying that this is me. I should have been dead. But now this animal's dying. It became a tradition. And God is saying unto Abraham, take thy son, the one you love, the one who is precious to you, the one who is very dear unto you. And he says, sacrifice him, offer him unto me. So I found that we find out that God, when he, when he says of a sacrifice, when God requires something from you in my life, he wants something that's dear to your heart. He would require something that's very precious to you. Something that you are, that's dear to you. Something that you, you, you cherish very much. And you have to do it with a willing heart. A true sacrifice is only when it's done from, from a willing, loving heart. When you do it with, uh, with such reverence and respect and honor and you're doing it as unto the Lord. That's the only sacrifice that God will accept. That's, and, That's something that's precious in God's eyes. It got to a place where in Israel they, they would just bring an animal, they would just sacrifice it, and it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It was not anything that they, they had no, they, it wasn't, it wasn't that, it just became a tradition unto them. I trust that for us, just living in this day and the age that we're living in, uh, that coming to church, just serving God, praying, reading our Bible, um, using the time that God has given us, that I trust that it will never become a tradition, tradition unto us. This is something that I want, I want to just look at, I want to look at the scripture and I want to apply it to myself. And I don't want it to be ever to become a tradition in my life to where going to church or, or doing anything for God is just a tradition. It's just, just something that, uh, that we do. Well, this is something we do and it doesn't, it doesn't move us anymore. If it doesn't, if it doesn't move us anymore, if the songs don't move us, this reading of the word doesn't move us, uh, coming to church and hearing powerful services or listening to a message or praying, it doesn't, it has no emotion behind it. Then, then brother Brandon says, we need to be on the, at the altar. We need to come back to where we have, we have fallen from. In the first church age, we find out that they didn't do any, anything, 
uh, really bad yet. They haven't, they haven't done any horrible things in the first Ephesian church age. But Jesus says, I have something against you. You have lost your first love. You have lost that reason. You have lost that love towards, towards serving me. You have lost that love toward me for what I have done for you. You have lost that connection. You have lost something. Something sacred. Something precious to you. You have lost that. Abraham, when he was faced with that, it says that God says, take thy son, the one you love, the one who's precious to you, who's dear to you, and go and offer him. And you know, sometimes when God asks you, asks you to do something, this word sacrifice means to, to give it up. It means to lay it down. It means to give up. Um, I guess you can you can Google it if you want a dictionary. I don't I I have it here, but just for the sake of time. But it means to to sacrifice is it could be in, in as a dictionary you would say that to offer it as a as a sacrifice as an animal you have to kill it you have to uh, lay it on the altar. But we're, we're not talking about that this evening. But it also it just also says to offer it up to right. to to lay it down to give it and to never take it back. Because in this a sacrifice in the Old Testament, they would lay it on the altar and they will, you would never be able to take that animal back. Because it would be burnt up. It would be, it would become ashes. And you would never be able to take it back. And so when God asked Abraham and he, he told him to do, to do that, it was far beyond what was ever been required of a man before. Because God has never required that. We don't find it in the Bible where God told someone else to take an, a human being and go lay it on the altar and kill it and sacrifice. We know that that's, heathens do that. Jesus, uh, Bible doesn't, doesn't ask us, doesn't ask us to do those things. But here God asks Abraham to do something so out of ordinary, something unusual, something so peculiar that here you would say, well, maybe Abraham was hearing some kind of a voice that wasn't God's voice. Maybe it was something that was, uh, it wasn't, you, maybe if you would have told somebody, so maybe you would have said, Abraham, are you sure that was God? Because no one has ever done that. God never required anybody to do that. You, you must be mistaken. You must have had a bad dream or something like that. But Abraham, he knew God's voice and he, as soon as he heard that, he, he recognized it was God. And it says that Abraham rose up early in the morning. He was even willing to sacrifice sleep. Wake up early in the morning. Sometimes it's so hard for us to sacrifice um, time. One of the things that God has given unto us, that we're in control, but He rose up early in the morning. He sacrificed sleep. He sacrificed, He was tired. He was worn out. And, and it says that He walked for three days with that on His mind. And he had to, he was wrestling with it in His mind because He was, the Bible says Elijah was a man in like passions like you and I. And whenever, one of the things that, I, I just want to say that something, the way I look at the message in, in the Bible, I like to look in the Bible and I, I like to put myself in their shoes. Right. 
And because the Bible, the message, one of the things that message has done for me is he made something real to me that the men and women in the, in the Old Testament, in the Bible, they were men and women just like you and I. They were not any different. They were not super spiritual, supernatural beings, but they were men and women just like you and I who lived, who, 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 the, who dealt, dealt with troubles and they had mind battles. They had a lot of different things. The Bible doesn't tell us, but I, I'm confident that Abraham was walking for those three days and he was, his mind was going. His mind was, he was thinking in his mind, what am I doing? How am I gonna do this? What, what, he, the Bible says that he, 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 he believed that God could raise him from the dead because he waited for him for 25 years. But he did not know with certainty and he did not know if he would raise him from the dead right away or it may take a year. And Abraham had to go and wrestle with that. He had to walk for three days. And he had to think about that. He had to, he had to, he was constantly remembering them. And he was walking there and maybe he was perhaps doubting what the revelation that he got. And Satan a lot of times would attack our minds. And Brother Brandon says the greatest battle ever fought is in our minds. Sometimes we may hear something or we might take something from, from the, from the, from the service or from the message and you would say, well, was it really inspired? Was it unto me? Was it, maybe it wasn't for me. It was maybe for someone else. One time I had really hard, really back, really bad back problems a few months back and I was just praying about it and uh, I didn't know what to do and uh, it was just, it was pretty bad. I couldn't walk and, and one day I was um, preparing to, to actually to preach and it was just a prayer service and I, I came, I was just, I turned on the message. It was the power of decision and I, I, I was listening to a message and I walked out of the room and I came back into the room and as, as I was just reaching for the phone, it was it, it, the, that message, Brother Brandon was preaching, speaking and, and then literally I walked away for a minute, I came back and now he's praying for the sick and he's praying for this man and he says, right as I'm reaching for the phone, he says, and you brother with the back problem, God heals you of your problem and all the other problems. And I, before I took the phone, I froze and I, I was thinking, Lord, what are the chances of that happening to where I'm reaching for the phone and it, it, that voice and what he's discerning exactly my problem and and I, I and I just said Lord thank you that was for me and I just receive it for myself and as I'm getting ready for the service I find a quote brother Branham says whenever you you go into the promised land he says your promised land is your your Holy Spirit is your is your promised land and you, he said you have to fight for every inch of, of ground and if you want to possess it he says, if you're courageous enough to take God at His word, to go and possess it. He says, every step of the way, it'll be a battle, it'll be a fight. He says, but if you, if you have courage enough to take God at His word for your healing, for your salvation, for your family, if you have courage enough, you could step forward and stop, start moving forward step by step. And He says, and you will become yours. Do you have courage enough tonight to take God at His word? That's what He says. He says, our, our, our promised land is our life in the Holy Ghost. We, we, it says footsteps means possession. And He says, healing is yours. Do you have courage enough to take it? Salvation is yours. But do you have, He says, every step of the way, it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be a battle. In, 
any promise of God, it's going to be a battle in your life. But he says, he has given to you, do you have enough courage to take God at his word? Do we have enough courage to take God at his word? Not, not just to doubt it and say, well, maybe that wasn't God and go back. Abraham walked for three days. He kept on pushing forward. He kept on walking. He kept on walking. He kept on walking until he got to a place that God told him of. And God has promised unto you and me. He's promised, he's his promises that there's gonna be overcomers. You will overcome. You will be an overcomer. There's gonna be a bride. There's gonna be people that will go into a body change. There's gonna be people that will be, that will overcome, that will present themselves as a living sacrifice. You know, we'd say, well, why is it important? Why, why do we have to, why do I have to be a living sacrifice? Because Paul says that we just, in the scripture we read, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, a holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable. English is my second language. I may not know and be able to um, express myself very, very well. But I'm just, as, as, as much as I understand it, reasonable means a service that's, a service that's, um, has a meaning. A service that's, uh, uh, that's not just vain service. A service that, uh, you would, somebody would say, well, uh, you know, you may be talking to someone and, and they would say, well, um, that sounds reasonable. You know, what they're, if they're, if they're trying to maybe make a deal or when they talk about a, a car and a certain price and they would say, well, that sounds reasonable. That's a good, it means it's a good price. Or to, to have a good, reasonable, reasonable service means a good service. Something that you could say that, you know, that sounds reasonable. That's that's a good service, but we we are taught in the message that we're not to reason God. Right. So there's 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 uh there's gonna be a little bit of sometimes it could be a confusion. What's reasonable to man is unreasonable to God. Right. So what's what's reasonable in God's eyes, the service he's talking about, a reasonable service, right. it's gonna be unreasonable unreasonable in man's eyes. It was very unreasonable and things that Abraham was trying, the thing that Abraham was trying to do, it was very unreasonable to a human mind. Jesus Christ one time, he was, he was walking in the, 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 the Jew, the Jews, they were looking to kill him. And he, he departed. And then a couple days later, he says, let's go up to Jerusalem. And the disciples are like, what are you doing? Like, they were just looking to kill you a couple days ago. And now you're trying to go back there. That, it sounded unreasonable in their minds. But Jesus says that to him that why isn't there 24 hours in the day? And to him that walks in the light. And you know that scripture. But he's, he's, a lot of times the reasonable service to God is unreasonable to man. But we're not to conform our minds to this, to the, to the reasons of this world. Because this world and the thinking of this world is, is perverted. It's different. It's, 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 it's weird or it's strange and it's enmity against God. Amen. 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 
Because the age that we're living in. Brother Branham says that Laodicean church age, I don't have, actually, maybe I have the quote. But he says, Laodicean church age, Laodicean translation, it says, people's rights. So it, it means that people have a right for, to, and today there's so many rights and everyone wants to have a right. Animals have rights and the humans, uh, all kinds of people have, with their weird ideas, they want to have rights, they want to be recognized and they want to be heard. And they think that it's reasonable, whatever idea that they have. They want to they wanna have that right. This is the age that we're living in. The age that we're living in. And we know that Paul says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that he says the people will be uh, lovers of their own selves. They'll be covetous, boasters, proud, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truth breakers. This is the age that we're living in. The, the age of people's rights. And people want to have rights even though they're lovers of their own selves. They're covetous, blasphemers. They have lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, fears. And, and when we talk about a sacrifice, a sacrifice, it, had, it spoke of a, of a certain animal. Not every animal could be sacrificed. It had to it had to be a lamb. It had to be. It's, Brother Brown speaks of an ox or a bull, and um, that's why the Bible says that the blood of bulls and goats. And so there's only certain animals that could be sacrificed and brought to an offering. And we we are called and we are we are taught that we are to be the lambs of God. Amen. Jesus says that he in 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 John chapter ten. says, I'm a good shepherd. Verse 11. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. A thief. Verse chapter 10 verse 10. A thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. So we are the sheep of God. And he is our great shepherd that laid down his life. He, he, his, his character was, he displayed that sacrificial lamb. So it speaks of a, of, if you are a lamb of God, if you are also a Christian, you, it means you're a lamb, your nature would be a sacrificial lamb. You'd be a, you'd live a sacrificial life. It means that, in, in one quote, Brother Branham says, Um, speaking of a of a lamb, it speaks of a, of a nature of a, of a of this of this animal that's very meek and humble, a sacrificial animal that Jesus was identified with because he said that he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. He opened up not his mouth in the in the book of Peter. He says that he he. He riled not against them while the people were beating him and, and saying all kinds of things. He didn't fight back. That was the nature of Jesus Christ. 
And we are called to be lambs of God, to be the sheep of God, the sheep of His pasture. And that's why Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. And the stranger they will not follow. And Brother Branham said that a lamb, the only thing he has is wool. And he says it gives it up. And you would say, well that sounds a little selfish. That's the only thing he has. And God and, and man, and they require it. They take it from him. It seems like it's some, something, it's almost, not, it just sounds like it's, it doesn't sound right. Like that's the only thing he has and he, he loses it. He, but he, yet the Bible says he still gives it up. He doesn't kick, he doesn't fight. He just gives it up. We are called to be the lamb, lambs of God. To, to pattern after a great shepherd. The shepherd of the flock. Who was that great lamb of God who was led to the slaughter? That great lamb of God that when he was being beaten, when he was, when he went to the cross, he didn't fight back. He was a sacrificial lamb. He knew that he had to sacrifice his life to redeem you and I. He laid down his life. I heard a story one time about a shepherd in the, in, for those in the Middle Eastern countries that have a lot of sheep and uh, of a shepherd that when he, in the evenings when they, when it's dark, it was perhaps in the older days, but it would be dark and, um, they would, they would put the sheep in the, in the fold and just, just the fence that was, uh, in the middle of the field and in the, in the, it was, it's dark and uh, they can't really see them really well and the shepherd would stand, stand by the door with the staff and as the sheep is walking in, he would, he would, he would tap it on its head. And because uh, the Bible does say that there's going to be that there could be a wolf that could come in sheep's clothing, and the wolf could get in between the, these 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 sheep and and just walk in right, right with them. But as 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 the sheep is walking in, he just takes that staff and hits it on the head. He counts the sheep, but also uh, as it hits the, the 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 sheep on the head, it just lowers its head and it, and just walks in. But as soon as he hits the hits the wolf on the head. He, he, he growls and he barks and he wants to, he wants to fight, he wants to bite because his nature is wrong. He may, he may look like he's a, he's a sheep. He may, he may pretend to be a sheep and he's walking with them and he's trying to get into the sheepfold. But his nature is wrong. And as soon as he's rubbed the wrong way, he, he growls and he fights and he, he kicks and he's ready to, to just tear you apart. His nature is wrong. He may, he may look or sometimes, we as Christians, we may look as a Christian, we may act as a Christian, but sometimes God allows different situations to arise in our lives. And some, sometimes somebody, you maybe a close friend, may it may seem like they will treat you wrong, or as they would say in the world, rub you the wrong way. How do you react to that? What kind of a nature do you have? Are you are you ready to be to live a sacrificial life? Because a sacrificial life has to be a humble life. A life that's, that just humbles and lowers his head, doesn't fight back, doesn't just, doesn't just go and, and tear someone apart, but just humbles its head and walks in. That, that's how you would know why God sometimes allow, allows maybe, even a close friend may, may do something to you. And, but what, 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 what happens to you when you're, when you're maybe mistreated? If someone says something against you, so maybe someone 
uh, you hear a story about you. What, what happens to you? What do you do? We are called to be the lambs of God. We are called to follow the great shepherd. We are called to live and to be, present our bodies as a living sacrifice for a reasonable service. The only way that you could serve God, you know, the only way your life could, you could live a life and you would say, well, I, I, my, my life was, uh, you know, I lived my life and I served God. This will probably be the best explanation of what I want, what I'm trying to say. Second Timothy. Chapter 4 verse 6. It says 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. Paul speaking says, For I am now ready to be offered. He's, he's living his body, he presented his body as a living sacrifice. So now he's saying, I'm ready now to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. And he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Paul is saying, now I'm ready to be, I'm ready to be offered up. You say, well Paul, was it, you know when, you know in the book of uh, Acts when we read, and there was a time where he, when he gave, when he came to a certain place, I don't remember, and he was telling them, there was, there was, uh, I believe Agabus the prophet came, and he tied his hands, and he says, the, the man to whom belongs this, this belt, um, he says, he, this is what await, awaiteth him. When he gets to Jerusalem, this is what's gonna happen. He's gonna be arrested, he's gonna be thrown in jail, he's gonna be beaten, he's gonna, he's gonna have all these things. And, and they, they all of them, they started crying, and Paul's heart was, was, uh, it was, it had such an in, impact on him, and he says, he, he says, you can cry, you could, I'm just, Saying it in my own way, but he's just saying that I'm ready to lay down my life. I'm ready to sacrifice my life because that's the only reasonable service. That's the only good service that I could serve to Jesus Christ. Even though it sounded unreasonable to them that this man, he's gonna go to Jerusalem knowing that this is what awaiteth him. But he says, I'm willing to lay down my life. And he says in the book of Corinthians that I have, you have, you said you've provoked me to, to, uh, to brag, or as if I, if I could say it that way, to, to speak on, on what, of what I've achieved, or on the things that I've suffered in my life. And he says, I've, I've, I was beaten so many times. I, I was in the depths of the sea. I suffered shipwrecks. I was stoned. I was presumably dead. I, I, and this is, this is what he had suffered. This is what he, that was his reasonable service. This is what he did. In God's eyes, it was a good, reasonable service. In man's eyes, it was very unreasonable. It was something that they could not understand. Something that was so strange to them. How can this man go and suffer so much? How can he live a life and this is all he has? When Paul is saying, he's, he says, you provoke me to speak on these things. As if, and this, and the, and in today's 
Christian world, a person would start speaking, bragging on about their achievements, and they would say, "I've I've got myself, uh, I've got so many cars, I got a private jet, I have this church, I have this." But Paul, all he had to show for, for after his his ministry was coming to an end, all he had to show was, "I said I was beaten uh, 398 times with sticks." He said, "I was stoned twice." I was presumably dead. I, I spent three days or a day and a night in the depth of the sea. I, 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 I suffer, suffered shipwreck twice. I went through all of this. This is my reasonable service to God. This is what he was bragging on. That's what he was talking about because he presented his body as a living sacrifice. I'm not saying that we must go through all of those things. Right now. I'm not saying we must go and get beaten and, and suffer all these things. But we're talking about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Sometimes it could be something just something as little as sacrifice. Maybe being willing to sacrifice your status. I'm not talking about status on WhatsApp. I'm talking about a status or maybe a position that you have in the society. Maybe God would say that you're going to have to leave that and you're going to have to do something for me. Sometimes, are you willing to sacrifice your prestige? Are you willing to sacrifice? If God is requiring, if if God spoke to Abraham and because God knows each and every one of us and God knows exactly what is what is precious to your heart. Sometimes, some some simple things like that, they could be more precious to you than than God, than God's service, than doing the will of God. But we look at men such as such as Paul. He said, "Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, for that is your reasonable service. That is a good service. That is a, a reasonable in God's eyes. It wasn't. It wasn't very unreasonable in men's eyes." But it was very reasonable. This is what God wanted to see out of life of Paul. And sometimes maybe God will ask us to present our bodies. And He's asking us tonight to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Not dead. But He's asking, will you be willing to lay down something that's so precious to you in your life? Would you be able able to live it on, uh, to lay it down on the altar and not pick it up again? Will you be able, will be, will you be, able, be willing to, we're speaking of sacrifice, of giving it up, of laying it down. And it may, it may sound very unreasonable to man. And it always will sound unreasonable to man. But what God required of men in the Old Testament and what God required of men in the New Testament, the apostles, how they had to go and suffer, how they had to live and lay down their, their wants, their, their plans, their desires, but they laid it all down. To fulfill and to, to serve God and to have a reasonable service. They presented themselves as a living sacrifice. And God requires of you and I. Paul says that's the only reasonable service that you'll have. The only way that you could truly have a good service as it says that Jesus, He witnessed a good testimony unto Pilate when He stood before Him. When he was not, he was, he was not willing to defend himself, to stand there and to, to fight for his rights. And because today, people fight for rights. 
people want to have uh, they want to have rights and they say well, this is this is my right it says you it says um don't try to pattern after somebody else in the message door to the heart he's your example yeah. try to be like him Amen. and the spirit in you will help you to do that make your life his Amen. yes there is a door there i want to call another door he says, and Brother Ben says, I get too wound up. There's another door there. Just to the, just next to that door. I believe he was speaking on the door of pride before that. He says, going around to the right side. And that door is a door to your private life. He says, oh, oh, oh. You don't wanna, you don't wanna, you don't want him messing with that. Now, if I want to go out a little, if I want to go out a little, a little cocktail party. What is it to you? What church is going to tell me what I am going to do? He says, "Uh uh-huh. There you are. A tenth of my wages? He's asking a question. Who's going to tell me what to do? That's my own private life. I make this money. I have my own life. He says, I'll wear shorts if if I want to. That's my own American privilege. That is true, sure. It says, but if you're a lamb and not a goat, see, lambs is what he's after. Only a lamb Jesus is after. And he wants a lamb. He wants, he wants us to have that nature of a lamb. He says, they'll be separated someday. A sheep has wool. That's the only thing it has. And it can't manufacture the wool. We're not asked to manufacture the fruit of the Spirit, but to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And as long as it is sheep, it will bear. I don't have to manufacture. He says in in another message titled, Why? He says the lamb don't have but one thing to offer. It's it's wool. Or that's wool. He says, I heard someone tell me, a woman said, it's my American privilege. If I want to smoke cigarette, I said, that's exactly right. Said, they, they sell it. I said, that's right. That's exactly right. But if you're a lamb, you forfeit your rights. If you're a goat, you won't do it. Somehow, you just do whatever you want to. See? It's your right, but you're forfeits. you forfeit it for the kingdom of God's sake. Forfeiting. It means to give it up. Right. To to say, if, if there's two teams playing some kind of a game and they would say, I forfeit. It means that you automatically lose. So they, you forfeit the privileges or the, the rights that you have. And the day of that we're living in Laodicean age, the rights of uh, having rights for everything. Oh, I have a right to do this. I have a right to do this. But he says, if you're a lamb, if you are a sacrificial animal, if you are a Christian, you live a sacrificial life, then you forfeit those, those rights. You lay aside those things. You lay aside if someone, someone hurts you, someone says something against you, you just lay that aside. You lay it on the altar because you are sacrificial. You are, you, you, you want to have a reasonable service. You want to present your, your body as a living sacrifice. Say, Lord, here I am. Lord, if you want to heal me, heal me. 
But I'm just going to walk in your victory. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to walk in what you have said. And I'm going to possess every promise of that land. Every promise step by step of what you have said about me. If you, if you have given me a promise, I'm not going to doubt it. Even though it may take, it may seem so long to get there. Like I said about Abraham, he had to walk for three days and think about it for so long. But he got there, he never doubted. He didn't, he didn't turn back. He didn't give up. But he could, he went, he went on until he got to a place that God told him to go to. And if God tells you that you are healed or you are going to be healed, it's a promise. You hear, you hear a word of promise, then keep walking towards it until you get there. Don't give up. If somebody hurts you, you just lay it on the altar and you say, Lord, I forfeit my rights. I have a right to go do this. I have a right to go and, and maybe say against that person. Go, maybe sue that person. But if, Lord, I want to be a lamb. I want to forfeit my rights. I want to lay it on the altar. I want to bring it. I want to bring it, bring that person into your presence. I want to lay my life down. I want to present my body as a living sacrifice. Because that's the only reasonable service. The only good service that you could serve God is when your body is presented as a living sacrifice unto Him. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. The only way is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. I'm so glad we have so many examples in the Word of God. We have so many examples that we find through Jesus Christ. He says, my sheep hear my voice. He did not fight back. He did not. Jesus did not have to be born where he was born. He did not have to live the life that he lived. He didn't have to lay everything down, but yet he did to show an example to you and I that he was a sacrificial lamb and that we are called to be a living sacrifice to sacrifice maybe sometimes sleep, maybe sacrifice sometimes um a little bit of time, sacrifice, um, maybe what we want to do to do something for God. Amen. It's it's when we think sometimes, oh, I have to sacrifice this. But when we compare these things to what to the man of God that sacrificed so much in their lives, or Jesus Christ, what He did for us, Amen. our sacrifices are. Nothing in comparison to what they have gone through. One time I was in Florida and Brother Danny was preaching and he said this phrase and it was kind of, it was very, very powerful that it's, I remember it. He says, when we read of men, he was, he was reading the book of Fox's uh, book of martyrs and he was talking about men, how they suffered and women, the things that they've gone through. And the hardships, the trials, and the uh, the pain and things that they suffered. Because they sacrificed their, literally their bodies, their lives for, for the gospel. For, for, for the truth, they sacrificed everything. And he says, this is what they have, go, have gone through. This is what they went to. They went to the, to the, to the lion's dens. They went to, the, to be burnt at the stakes. They, they went through all of those things. He says those were their trials, their hardships. Those are the things that they went through. He says sometimes the biggest trials in our lives is having a flat tire on a Monday. He says in one day you'll have to stand next to those men. And what would be the things that we sacrificed in our lives? 
I know we're not called to go and die for, you know, we're not called to go to the lion's den and things like that. But I'm just talking about a reasonable service, a living sacrifice, sacrificing ourselves, our time, sacrificing for the glory of God. I trust that this evening would be, wasn't in vain. And I trust that we could all come to, as we come to the end of the service, we can ponder and think about these things in our lives. We could look at men that have sacrificed so many things. If you look at Brother John, Brother Ken, Brother Tom, the, the life that they live and they sacrifice their time, they sacrifice their finances, they sacrifice so much. And I know that many of you have sacrificed many things, but that's the only way a Christian could live. That's the only reasonable service that you and I have. And I'm just calling and saying, let's look into our lives. Sometimes maybe just a young person, you would say, well, what do I have to sacrifice? Well, maybe you could sacrifice your gaming time. Just say, I'm going to lay it on the altar. I'm going to sacrifice it. I want to present my bodies to the Lord. Sacrifice maybe what I want to do. Maybe, maybe sacrifice a little bit of me time to go and pray and read the scriptures. Um, because that's what we're called for. That's the only reasonable service that you and I would have in the eyes of God. Everything else will be unreasonable. You may say, people may say, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so good, and it's reasonable what we do in, a, uh, in, in men's eyes. But Jesus says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. I trust that the Lord Jesus Christ would make things, real, uh, things so real to each and every one of us that we would want to present our bodies as a living sacrifice because that's the only true living uh, that's the only true reasonable service that we can have in our lives. It doesn't, we may never be John the Baptist, we may never be, um, Paul's and Peter's, we, we may never be those men. But we are called to be victorious in this, in this end time. And Paul said that I'm ready to be offered up. And he says, and he shall, he, and he says, there's a crown of life that's ready, awaiting me. He says, and it's, and it's ready for all of those who are, re- who, are who, who love is appearing. And Jesus Christ has appeared unto each and every one of us in this end time. And if you're looking for His appearing, if you love His appearing, there's a crown of life that's been prepared unto you. Jesus Christ has prepared it for you, not because of what you have done, but because of His grace. And because of our gratitude towards Him, the only reasonable service is to offer ourselves unto Him. May the name of Jesus Christ be glorified. May God bless you. You may stand. Amen. I wonder if we could just all bow our heads. God knows our hearts. God sees our hearts. And from the youngest to the oldest, we can just, if you have, if you want to sacrifice something, if you want to lay something down at the feet of Jesus Christ right now, you can lift up your hand and you can just say, Lord, I just want to lay this down. You know what's precious in your heart. You know what is precious. And God only requires the precious things. That's the only only time, that's the only sacrifice that will be good enough. Something that's precious to you, and God may require that. Would we be willing to lay it down? Let's all just pray. Our precious Lord Jesus, Father, we're so grateful to you for what you have done for us on Calvary, Lord God. May your name be glorified and exalted, Father. You're so wonderful, Lord Jesus. Father, you've provided a way for us, Lord God. Lord Jesus, you became the great shepherd, Lord Jesus. 
Glory be to your name, Father. We worship you. We stand at your feet tonight, Lord. And Lord God, we just want to lay down, Lord God, our ambitions, ambitions, Lord God. We want to lay down ourselves upon the altar, Father. May your name be glorified, Lord Jesus, and may you receive. Father, may it be as a sweet-smelling incense in your nostrils, Lord God. May our lives, Lord God, be pleasing in your sight. Lord Jesus, may we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, Lord, by the mercy of God. Lord Jesus, it is your mercy that we can even do that, Lord God. That for the reasonable service, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful to you for everything that you have done for us. For the word of this hour, for the message of the hour, Lord God. How our prophet has sacrificed so much in his life. Lord God, for the great examples that we have, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you, Father. We want to lift up your name, Lord Jesus. We want to say thank you and we say that we love you and we appreciate you, Lord God. May you be exalted and lifted up in every life. In every home, Lord Jesus. From the youngest to the oldest, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we love you. We give you glory, Lord. We praise your holy name, Lord. May your name be exalted and lifted up. May you be praised, Father. Hallelujah. Praise be to your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for each and every one of us that is here tonight, Lord God. For what you have done for us, Lord. We only want to say thank you. We glorify your name. We worship you, Lord. We praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Praise be to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to your name. We ask all these things, Father. We pray that you bless each and every one of us. Lord Jesus, those that lifted up their hands, Lord God, you know their thoughts, their hearts, Lord Jesus. Bless them, Lord. And grant us, Lord Jesus, the desire of our hearts, Lord God, that we may offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, Lord. Father, we ask all these things in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'd like, I'd like to sing God is good all the time.